The opinions expressed on the ACB Media Network are those of the content providers and should not be viewed as an endorsement of any product or service. Nor does it reflect the views of the American Council of the Blind, its elected officials, or its staff. Good afternoon, everyone, and welcome to this presentation provided to you by the American Association of Visually Impaired Attorneys. My name is Chris Prentice. I'm the president of the, the association. We are an affiliate of the American Council of the Blind, and we are in annual conference here in Omaha, Nebraska. Welcome to, the, to those of you in the room, and welcome to those of you who are joining us through ACB Media and through Zoom. Uh, today, we have a special treat. We're going to learn about something that uh, many of you may not have much knowledge or information about, but it's it's a program that has been around for well over 100 years and used to play a larger part in society and still has a place to play in society today. And what I'm talking about are fraternal benefit societies. And today it is my pleasure to introduce to you the senior vice president and general counsel of Woodman Life, which is a local, their corporate office is here in Omaha, and they are a a nationwide organization that has been around since 1890. And I will let uh, Lynn give you all the history, but ladies and gentlemen, without further ado, Lynn Espelin. Pleasure to be here. And it's an honor to be asked to speak to you all today. Um, I uh, have had a, a pleasant experience connecting with Chris. Um, I am with Woodman Life. That's the marketing name for Woodman of the World Life Insurance Society, that is our formal corporate name. Uh, Chris shared with me that he's been a member of Woodman Life since he was three years old, and he uh, he's an enthusiastic member, and it's always uh, wonderful to be able to uh, connect with members, especially enthusiastic ones. So um, for those that are, are here in Omaha, welcome to Omaha and Nebraska, and, and those that are for, joining virtually, welcome as well. We're uh, very glad to have you uh, here. Um, Chris, um, as he said, has asked me to talk about fraternal benefit societies today. Um, uh, Woodman Life um, was founded in 1890 uh, right here in Omaha, and it's been downtown. We, uh, we built um, a skyscraper building in 1969, and that is our home office uh, it was the tallest building uh, in Omaha up until a couple years ago when the bank uh, built a skyscraper down the street. So um, we're, we're happy to be in Omaha. We're licensed to transact the business of insurance in all 50 states and the District of Columbia. Um, as a fraternal benefit society, we provide financial benefits to our members, uh, specifically life insurance, annuities, health insurance, and disability. Um, we, um, uh, before I get started, I thought maybe I would ask um, uh, for you and the audience, if anyone, what I do is I, uh, you know, as general counsel, uh, do a lot of different things, but wanted to know if any of you um, practice in the area of uh, insurance for insurance companies or regulation of insurance companies. 
I'll start with a little bit of what I do as senior VP and general counsel for Woodman Life. Um, I've been practicing law for 40 years um, after being admitted to the bar in uh, Nebraska. I uh, went with the Nebraska Department of Insurance, the uh, primary regulator for insurance companies uh, yeah, that do business in Nebraska and are domiciled here. Um, then I uh, moved to Woodman Life and have been there for 37 years. Um, I oversee a staff of attorneys and legal support staff. Uh, I have also had oversight of our security division, and that involves um, safeguarding the company's um, technical and physical assets uh, from uh, attacks and uh, cyber security fraud. As far as the legal divisions concerned in our corporate structure, uh, we deal with uh, litigation and disputes. Of course, we um, uh, review contracts and transactions, uh, are responsible for the corporate privacy compliance programs. Uh, we uh, oversee the anti-fraud um, initiatives, and we advise all sections of the company on uh, legal issues. You know, I thought I would talk a little bit about insurance in Nebraska since you're holding your meeting here. Um, it's a surprise to some to learn that Nebraska, uh, that the business of insurance is a very important sector of uh, Nebraska's economy. We have um, quite a few domestic companies, um, 120 of them. Uh, we have regular redomestications of companies moving to Nebraska. There are uh, um, 2,538 actively licensed companies uh, Nebraska is the first of all the states in the amount of surplus held by companies and third in assets and 10th in written premiums. So I have a couple of thoughts. These are my opinions only. So I speak for myself on why Nebraska is an attractive uh, place for insurers to domicile. Uh, one is, of course, uh, we have one of the lowest uh, premium state premium tax rates. Tax rates. Uh, Iowa and Nebraska share that uh, distinction. Uh, we also have a very strong regulator, the Nebraska Department of Insurance, and I am maybe a little biased as uh, being with them some time ago, but they um, do a great job of protecting the consumers, which is their charge, but also um, um, understanding the needs of insurance companies and uh, facilitating uh, the businesses as well. They are very active on the national uh, scene with the National Association of Insurance Commissioners and um, have led efforts to draft model laws and uh, oversee insurance companies. I think the last uh, thing uh, that, that is attractive um, is that Nebraska is the only state um, that has a unicameral. And so in my view, the legislative um, environment is attractive. Uh, we do not have a House and a Senate, just one body. 
Um, this was enacted in uh, 1937. It was the brainchild of our Senator George Norris. And he uh, had the, um, the view that uh, the two house structure was um, modeled after the English structure. And the one side was appointed by the king, the other elected by the people. He said, why in the world would you have two houses elected by the people? It was also during the Great Depression. And so I think probably more compelling reason was uh, it would save money, taxpayers money, by having only one house in the, you know, governing the state. So, um, and sure enough, that's what happened. And it continues today. We have significantly fewer committees in, uh, in our legislature, certainly more, fewer legislators, and um, in fact, fewer bills as well. So it's, uh, it, it provides some simplicity for those of us who do business in Nebraska. Um, as far as um, types of insurance companies, when I joined uh, the Nebraska Department of Insurance, I was very surprised at how many different uh, insurance company structures there are. Uh, of course, they're the ones that are most familiar, mutual companies that are owned by policyholders and, uh, to, uh, and the profits go to the policyholders, stock companies where it, uh, the company is owned by the stockholders and the profits go to stockholders and the policyholders do not share in the profits. There are quite a few more, but then there are fraternal benefit societies, and that's what I'm here to talk to you about today. Um, with the regulation of insurance, um, uh, primarily insurance companies are regulated by the states. That's due to the uh, federal McCarran-Ferguson Act that was enacted in 1945, and with that uh, was the beginning of today's state-based regulatory framework for insurance companies. It makes it somewhat challenging in, for those of us that are licensed nationwide to um, keep up with all of the state laws and changes and bills in all 50 states and the District of Columbia. But that's the, that's the structure that we've had for some time and that we have today. Um, each state um, insurance code has a section, a model fraternal code. And that is what is specifically applicable to fraternal benefit societies and describes our um, structure and makeup. There are six elements um, that are required to qualify as a fraternal benefit society. Uh, first, they must be conducted solely for the benefit of its members and their beneficiaries, operate without capital stock, not for profit, operated on a lodge system. Now, the lodge system is um, local representations. There are organizations in the communities that are made up of members of the particular uh, fraternal. And then a requirement that is... Um, uh, different uh, as far as insurance companies are concerned is there must be a representative form of government governance. And that uh, for us and for many fraternals starts with the local lodges and chapters where the members elect delegates to 
regional uh, entities, we call them jurisdictions. The jurisdictions elect delegates to the national convention. Uh, and at the national convention, which meets um, every four years, uh, our officers and directors are elected. So that is a requirement under state law. The, other re the last requirement uh, for fraternal benefit societies is that they provide benefits and we are um, limited in the benefits that we can offer. Uh, those are life insurance, annuities, um, disability, health insurance, and we have recently been enabled to uh, uh, issue variable annuities, which is a security. And we're, you know, also like most companies regulated by uh, federal law as well, the Department of Labor. And for those of us in the financial uh, uh, services industry by the SEC, um, but for fraternal benefit societies, we fall under a section of the Internal Revenue Code, Section 501C8. And that um, uh, it, we, in order, and what that does is provide for tax exemption for fraternal benefits uh, societies if they meet certain requirements. And they are similar, but not the same as the requirements under state law. Under 501c8, um, it, an entity is required to have a fraternal purpose. That means its members need to have a common calling or avocation or profession or pursuit of a common object. Um, you, you may have heard of some fraternals Oftentimes they have a religious common bond or they have an ethnic common bond. Um, there is Knights of Columbus is a fairly well-known fraternal benefit society, an organization with a con common bond of Catholicism. Uh, Thrivent Financial used to be Thrivent Financial for Lutherans. Now I think they're Thrivent Financial for Christians. Um, Royal Neighbors uh, is a fraternal for women, um, and they're very eth various ethnic fraternals as well. Um, the the uh, the next requirement under the five hundred one c eight is that the fraternal uh, offer insurance benefits uh, again in a similar fashion to uh, state law. And also the final requirement is that we operate under a lodge system. So they are similar um, um, uh, requirements. Um, all fraternals share the key features of the common bond and the lodge-based system through which their charitable and voluntary activities are organized and supported. Um, the charitable activities of fraternals are driven by the efforts of local members and uh, again, it's required by law that we offer uh, insurance benefits. Fraternal benefit societies have existed in the United States since the mid-19th century as individuals in remote communities who otherwise may not be able to afford or obtain insurance joined others with a common bond to establish a local lodge 
and pool resources to provide life insurance and other financial service products for their membership. The very first Internal Revenue Code promulgated by the federal government in 1909 recognized and encouraged the valuable model by designating fraternal benefit societies as charitable and exempting them from all federal taxes. And that same uh, status exists in all states and the District of Columbia. In addition to offering affordable, accessible financial products, benefit societies fulfill their missions through a variety of charitable, educational, benevolent, fraternal, patriotic, or religious activities, depending on their common bond. And for more than 100 years, and that includes Woodman Life, uh, lodge-based fraternal benefit societies have enriched the lives of millions of people across the United States. Um, With 9 million members nationwide, fraternal benefit societies bring together like-minded people who share a common bond for the purpose of helping others. These individuals represent one of the nation's most effective networks of local community service volunteers who share a commitment to the values of family, community, and country and come together to service others. These uh, come about in two ways, directly through the contributions and money and time by the members locally uh, and indirectly through benefits generated when the efforts of fraternal members deepen the bonds within the communities. There was a study done by the University of Maryland uh, from a period of 2007 to 2011 Uh, uh, quantifying the charitable and voluntary activities of fraternal benefit societies. It was found that there was more than uh, 3.8 billion in benefits to the economy each year, and that members of fraternal lodges volunteered nearly 400 million hours of their time during that period. And the benefits uh, they concluded in this study vastly outweigh the estimated foregone revenue of roughly 50 million per year associated with the federal tax exemption that supports the system. There are a lot of activities that various fraternal lodges and chapters um, engage in. Uh, Here's some examples of some of the things that uh, are common Uh, building homes for those in need, organizing special Olympic games, taking care of the elderly, ill, and the vulnerable, provide emergency supplies to people whose lives have been affected by natural disasters, mentor children while teaching them about patriotic American values. Fraternals provide wheelchairs and prosthetics free of charge to people who need them, And when flooding has threatened communities, fraternals fill sandbags, clean inundated homes, and raise money to help the affected families get back on their feet. Fraternals also help provide food for families with low incomes and assist them in learning about the importance of making good financial decisions and faithful stewardships. The very purpose of fraternals is to strengthen communities. The lodges um, exist to bring members together to serve the common good. 
while the fraternal model is made possible by the mandatory legal requirement to sell financial products, the charitable and volunteering contributions of the societies to their communities and to the U.S. economy arise from the activities and the interests of the members of each local lodge. The United States Treasury um, uh, came out with a report in 1993, and this is a, a question or a comment that sometimes comes up. They found that um, fraternals do not appear to compete unfairly with taxable insurance companies. Uh, that is, the tax-exempt status of fraternal benefit societies does not seem to provide an unfair advantage for the sale of their financial products, such as life insurance. Uh, the fraternal model has a unique leveraging power of the resources made available for the, through the 50C8 exemption and the sale of the insurance protection to our members to allow members of the community to get back and think bigger in how to respond to community's needs. By national societies providing significant funding, along with an extensive grassroots network and organizational resources, fraternals are able to magnify their individual charitable and volunteer efforts many times over to have a more consistent, positive impact in communities nationwide. So uh, I think the bottom line for those of us that are associated with fraternal benefit societies believe that the system of fraternal benefit societies provides uh, well-targeted and effective help for people and communities in need. We believe it's a success story um, for more than a century, just as Congress intended, and we uh, continue to meet the needs of uh, modern society. As far as Woodman life, <clears throat> we do not have a common bond that is religious or ethnic. We are a, a general uh, fraternal with a general common bond. We um, hold a commitment to family, community, and country. That is our common um, <coughs> initiative. And we um, uh, form all of our activities around that commitment. Our national community focus is fighting hunger. Uh, we provide significant support to food banks, Meals on Wheels, and charitable missions, providing both dollars, volunteer services, and um, food. As far as our, you know, um, family um, member benefits uh, outside of the financial services, we award scholarships, help members rebuild their uh, homes after natural disasters, and we provide orphans benefits, among other um, benefits to families. Lynn, can you, uh, I hate to interrupt, but can you explain sure. the orphan benefit? Because I think that's one of the, the most unique and neatest benefits that, uh, that Woodman Life has to offer. Sure. <clears throat> um, if, um, if a child uh, becomes orphaned by the death of their uh, 
parents or their guardians, and the parents of the guardians are both uh, members of Woodman Life. Uh, the um, the child can qualify for uh, benefits until they reach the age, I believe, of eighteen. And it's a monthly mm-hmm. monthly payment to provide support for their uh, well being. I think if they go to college, it goes on to 22 if, if they go to college. And I think you're right on that. Thank and, you. And it's, it's yeah. like a monthly, monthly amount. And that money has gone up over the years, and that's paid directly to the, the caretakers for the orphans. So uh, even if a, family, if a family has 10 kids and the, something happens to the parents, all 10 kids would qualify for those benefits. And that's not something that you pay for. That's a benefit that's provided just because it's a 100% wooden family. That's great. You're, you're great. Uh, yeah. At explaining the benefits. Um, yes, that's, uh, that's one of our member benefits. Um, and uh, for the communities, um, uh, we, uh, you know, the local chapters decide on what they believe is most relevant to the communities. Uh, some engage in uh, teacher appreciation, school supply drives for children, nurses appreciation events. We've uh, 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 done a lot of those this year. In fact, uh, just at the end of June, um, our local chapters have done uh, 1,321 service projects and um committed uh, 26,622 volunteer hours to do that. And we're, um, we're pleased that we have active, engaged uh, members who are willing to volunteer their time and contribute to their uh, communities. Have, is there anything I've left out, Chris? Let's, let's talk about the patriotic function of, of what Woodman Lodges do around the uh, around the country. Yes, that's one of our um, objectives, uh, our uh, common commitment uh, to country. We are, I think, the largest distributor of American flags in the United States. Yeah, I think after the federal government. So um, yes, that's a, so if you know of a nonprofit that is in need of an American flag, uh, be sure and contact uh Woodman Life or your uh, local chapter um, and uh, ask to be supplied with one. Yes. And, and on that, uh, I've had the, the opportunity to uh, do what we don't just say, here's your flag. We there's, there's actually a flag presentation that's been developed that, uh, that we talk about the history of the United States flag and uh, make that presentation to a leader. We've done those to city halls, to churches, to uh, various types of nonprofit organizations that needed a new flag, and we present it to them free of charge. Uh, we've also had, uh, we've also done um, the uh, flag flag uh, retirement ceremonies where you where you retire a flag and do it the the proper and appropriate way. Uh, but yes, Wood, Woodman has been they've they've just they've placed more flags there's i'm not even sure what the number is but but it is it is thousands every year so 
That's right. And so I think you're a member of uh, the Austin chapter. I think that's probably what it still shows, but um, I should be probably in the Littlefield chapter now since I've moved up there. And I was part of the Hill Center Lodge before that for, for many years. I think those are the three lodges that I've belonged to in my lifetime. Uh, thank you for being an active member and uh, for enthusiastically per- participating in the local events. Um, uh, is there anything else I may have left out? Let's talk about the place that fraternal benefit societies did uh, back when they were first started as far as kind of filling in those gaps for, because those were the days before social security and the days before Medicare and Medicaid and, and that kind of thing and how that kind of operated for, for the people in the country as they put those together. You know, uh, as I mentioned, um, uh, as, um, uh, the population moved west, and there were a lot of rural locations where people were fairly isolated. Um, it was a natural thing for them to gather together, and oftentimes they have this common interest or bond, and they gather together to support each other and to, um, uh, in many ways, you know, financially in need and uh, uh and so it was a really uh, a basic thing that developed in the late 1800s uh, with individuals helping each other in many ways. And that included, you know, a caring for families who had lost uh, family members and um, uh, a provider, you know, uh, and uh, so it's that's that's the root of uh, fraternal benefit societies, and we think that that still exists today. Some of the other uh, family benefits that they have, and other benefits, um, there is a guarantee that uh, any child that is born to you, if if you are a Woodman family, any child that's born to you, regardless of their their uh, condition, they're guaranteed to uh, be able to be insured. I think it's up to $5,000. You're guaranteed a policy, even if you're not, even if the child has severe birth defects, the, the society will insure them. And I think it's 5,000. I'm not sure if that's correct. That's, I should know that, but I, I can't bear. Uh, yeah, I can't. Uh, let's say that's right. I, I think it's, it's in, it's in that neighborhood. But yeah. the other thing is if you have certain incidents, if you're, a, and basically you become a member by buying any, of their financial products, whether that's an insurance policy or, or an annuity, or uh, I think they even do home loans now. Uh, any any of their financial products, even if you do an investment product with them, you're automatically a member of the nearest um, the nearest lodge or chapter. They sometimes they're calling them chapters now, but it's it's, it's a lodge. And I, I never knew what those were. I got those certificates when I was a kid. And I was like, I didn't realize there was actually a lodge until I was. Until uh, I moved to Hell Center when I was 32 years old, and I was, oh look, there's a there's a Woodman Lodge here, and they actually meet. So uh, I, that's when I became involved and active back in 1993. But um, um, so if you have if you have an incident of cancer, they automatically send you a check, and I think those are five thousand uh, yeah. dollars for uh, certain types of cancer exactly certain types of illnesses and i do want to say at one point we were in the business of uh uh 
residential loans, mortgage loans, but we're no longer. You, you've yeah, stopped that. Okay. Yeah, we're no longer so, doing that. Um, but they have, they have various financial products that you can, and you automatically join. Uh, and, and what happens is a part of your monthly premium goes uh, to, uh, I think it's maybe a dollar, $2 like that goes to support the lodge or the chapter. So that's, that's what they operate on. And then they work together with the home office uh, to organize, help organize and report the, the various uh, activities that uh, each uh, local lodge or chapter is involved in. And, uh, you know, there's food drives, there's, there's toys, toys uh, at Christmas time for, for needy children. I mean, each, each chapter gets to decide what it is that they want to do. And um, it's, these are things, you know, you can go and buy insurance from, Farmers or State Farm or you know one of the commercial companies, but they don't give you this stuff. Anything you get from them, you pay for. When you belong to a fraternal benefits society, um, there there are things that that are included that goes along with it, and that's part of the purpose that she's d- kind of discussing with you and with us is that fraternal benefits societies they they must they must offer benefits to their members other than just selling them financial products and the, the community that brings you together, the th- the activities that you have together, the, the meals that you share once a month, whether that's at a restaurant or at a, at your local lodge or at somebody's house, um, the uh, community service projects, the, the, uh, uh, the food drives, the, uh, uh, the toy drives, different things like that, helping a family, you know, maybe a family's home is burned down and you, you need to, to help them with, with kind of getting started again, getting some, getting clothes, getting some food, getting some basic things so they can get back on their feet. Um, that's, that's, you know, the sense that, uh, that the fraternal benefit societies have, they, they have a desire to, to help the people around them and not just, you know, not how much money is the insurance agent going to make this month. It's, it, it, you are a part of, a community once you, once you join one and it does, whether it's Woodman or Knights of Columbus, or uh, I think Germania is one that they, that's down in Texas. I mean, there's several different ones. Um, you find one with people that are like-minded of you that have goals that you have. And it's a, uh, it's, you know, they, they still serve a great purpose in, in our society. And uh, um, I think, let's see, are there any other benefits that we've missed? Is there anything else? We I need? think you've covered uh Covered them. Yes. There's a uh, first responder benefit for those that are, um, are uh, killed in the line of duty as a first responder, uh, extra death benefit for, for their service. Um, But um, we're, uh, we're very pleased that you're, you're uh, active, Chris, uh, in your lodge and, uh, and you're a great promoter of Woodman Life. So <laughs> well, thank you. Okay, I promised some people yesterday that if they came today, I would tell them a story. If if Lynn didn't tell it, so I'm going to tell. This is a true story. This is not something I'm making up. Um, back in the 1920s, uh, Woodman was really big, um, especially in Texas and. And, you know, west of the Mississippi, I'd say probably bigger than east. Would that be fair to say back uh, in that period of time? Or? We're, we're really strong in the south, southeast. Okay. Yeah. So, so this is in the 1920s. A legal case 
made its way to the Texas Supreme Court, which is the highest, uh, the way Texas courts work, the all civil cases are heard by the Supreme Court. That's the highest uh, civil court. Then the highest criminal court is the Texas Court of Criminal Appeals. They only hear criminal cases. So a civil case got to the highest levels of the uh, at the Texas Supreme Court. Well, the problem was it was a suit against Woodman of the World. Now, the reason it was a problem is that every single justice on the Texas Supreme Court was a Woodman. So they all had to be recused. They all had to recuse themselves. Like, can't, can't hear it, can't hear it. So the only way they could get this case heard was the governor, the governor appointed nine women because at that point, women were not, were not uh, they didn't really uh, focus on women being part of fraternal benefits societies till probably the 1950s, I think. Um, Woodman Life was uh, male until I think 1967, maybe. We had a women's uh, uh, Com- subsidiary, subsidiary, Woodman Circle, but we yeah. merged then. Yeah. Okay, so so the they had the court appointed nine women lawyers to serve on the Supreme Court to hear this case against Woodman. And uh, prior to that time, there had been no woman elected uh, to the Texas Supreme Court. I think women didn't get the right to vote to what, 19, 1919? Too late. Yeah, it was way too <laughs> late. But um, so nine women decided that case. And so it made history. They they took a picture of that of that uh, appointed Supreme Court, and that picture still hangs in the gallery of the Texas Supreme Court today. I was there for a tour about two and a half years ago, and it it was still there. And uh, so that was a unique situation. But that's how big Woodman was amongst men in the in the nineteen twenties. I mean, anybody. Anybody that was, you know, anybody was either belonged to Woodman or Germania or one or the other. I mean, people, that's that's just what people did because that's how they were able to make sure that they could take care of their families. And, uh, you know, there's ob- obviously a lot more options available, but uh, it is it is a unique type of um, financial services um, company, as, as Lynn has explained, um, and they've They've been around and, and they're what's what's the current rating for uh, Woodman Life? Is it still um, a, a, a plus? Yes. A plus. So yes. A and Best rates at a, a plus. Um, they're they make guarantees as to what interest rate your money's going to make. And they pay that. And uh, they're a they're a solid financial company. And um, there are other fraternal benefit societies that do the same thing. And and. The only reason that I'm promoting this one is it's the one I know, and I've known it since I was a little little kid. So, uh, but others, others, they they do great things. Not to Columbus, I, you know, they they do great things, uh, and they are very supportive of the Catholic Church, and and there are other fraternal benefit societies, and and they're in all areas of the country. Um, they're bigger in some places than others, but um, uh, it's it's an interesting. It's just in an interesting way to get into if you move to a new town and you, you know, belong to, to a fraternal benefit society and they have a presence there, then you automatically have some friends when you move to town. I mean, that's just the way they are. And they are very accepting of people regardless of who you are. And um, 
So, Lynn, I want to thank you so much for being here today, and we'll see if we, we'll open up the floor for questions. Does anyone in the room have any questions for Lynn? Am I correct that, um, that fraternal benefit uh, societies were, were big in the uh, African-American community and some of the other uh, communities, like especially that um, in the 1880s and so on? Uh, because they didn't have other uh, outlets for um, uh, out, um, other ways of of providing insurance and other products, uh, similar products, uh, th- through um, you know stock companies or mutual mutual uh, insurance or that kind of thing. Um, well, I would say I'm not familiar with that part of the history of fraternal benefit societies, but uh, that's kind of uh, the whole objective of um, the structure is to bring communities together that have a common interest and a common bond. All right. Uh, any questions on Zoom? Everybody else in the room does, too, except for the presenter who did an excellent job. I'm kind of intrigued by this whole concept. I know about the Knights of Columbus. Uh, Are they tied to an insurance company? Uh, Yes, uh, they are a fraternal benefit society. And so like all of us to uh, meet the requirements under state and federal law, uh, they uh, we must offer uh, financial benefits. Yes. I, I had no idea. I have friends, and we'll explore that over our next lunch. Um, does Woodman have anything in Florida? Or, oh yes, you know? we have. We we have a strong sales force and a lodge system in Florida. Um, I would invite you to visit our website, uh, WoodmanLife.org, and okay. um, you can uh, get connected with someone nearby I, I may do that i'm not really at 72 years old interested in buying life insurance um it's not something my family needs at this point uh i'm not sure i can find another product but i'm going to look at it because i think the concept is superb um i think this whole community give back thing has been lost in society. It hasn't been lost in me. I try hard. Uh, I had two give back calls yesterday, so I'm proud of myself for that. Um, but it, it, it's really uh, people go their merry way and they don't have time to help other people enough. Uh, and, and I think this is a great thing. I would venture to say, and maybe you know, uh, that statistically y'all are not as big as you were 60 years ago. And I think that's true generally of both fraternal organizations and other uh, groups like Lions and Elks, like the American Visually Impaired Attorneys Group. People are not willing to join, and they're not willing to to spend their life and time giving to others, which is a shame. I think this is great. You did a great job. Thank you. Thanks, Jim. Folks, this is an opportunity to ask a a lady that's worked for 
for a fraternal benefits society for a long time. And she's, she's got a lot of wisdom and um, uh, it's uh, what we've talked about is, as far as the, the opportunities that, that a Woodman uh, Woodman Lodge or Woodman chapter has to offer uh, or Knights of Columbus or whatever fraternal benefits society you want to join. Once you see what they have to offer, you know, you'll tell Jake from state farm that he can go somewhere else and, uh, uh, farmers or whoever, whoever the other, you know, major carriers are, uh, they, they don't give you these things. I mean, anything you get from them, you pay for, you pay for it every month. And, uh, the, the benefits of, of a fraternal, those, there are a lot of things that you just, you pay nothing for. Uh, one of the other things that is done every year, a lot of chapters recognize, uh, outstanding students in American history and they get an American history award uh, to an outstanding history student in the local high school uh, within their lodge area. Um, and um, then uh, another thing they have, they have uh, an award that you can give to uh, school bus drivers. If they've had a year, a safe year, you can give them a safety award. That's one of the other things that, uh, Woodman does as far as that common bond of, of community and, and country and, and family. Um, they are, you know, they, they carry precious cargo every day, carrying children to and from school and to and from uh, you know, different activities. So that's, that's another thing that, that the lodges do is they, they recognize safe uh, school bus drivers. They, as she said, can do teacher appreciation, uh, nurse appreciation, uh, and different different types of activities, and and you know they're and like Jim said, I think a lot of people have lost that sense of community with all of social media uh, and everybody sticking their face in Facebook and Instagram, and not even really talking to each other anymore. People don't spend time together anymore. Used to you know uh, families, you know parents, you know every month or every two weeks they. They had a game night with their friends. They, uh, or they'd go out, you know, they'd go out, they'd go bowling or they'd, uh, you know, go to dinner and just, you know, shoot the breeze. Everybody's just tied up in their own lives. And, and granted COVID has kind of killed that even more, but I think it's important not to lose touch with people. And when you are a part of a group that is doing things for others, you know, you don't focus on things that, are not right in your life that things are may not be going as well as you want. If you're working to help someone else, like uh, helping on a food drive or, um, uh, you know, helping a family that's you know been victimized by a flood or a fire uh, or helping out a first responders family that the first responder was just killed in an, in, you know, in, in, in an incident uh, you take your mind off of yourself and you think about the people around you, you'll be surprised how much better about you you will feel because you've helped someone else. And, and I think that's the sense that a lot of that's, I think one of the things that is wrong with society today, I think Jim is right. People have gotten so tied up in themselves. Uh, how does my, how does my profile picture look on Facebook? You know, I don't even have a Facebook page and I don't want one. I mean, I, I don't, you know, it's a good place to keep up with family and things, but you can spend so much time on social media that you lose track of being able to have face-to-face conversations with human beings. Chris. Hi, this is Betty Passanati from Philadelphia. 
And this is a, 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 a well, I've heard of charitable organizations. I'm just wondering how to recognize these clubs, such as the Lions and the Elks. Are they considered fraternal benefit societies? Uh, they they don't um, qualify as fraternal benefit societies as they're described in 501c8 and the insurance statutes. They are fraternal groups of another nature. I, okay, so that's I don't know that I've heard too much of these societies. The other thing is if you if you say if you buy insurance from one of these fraternal societies, do you need to become a member of that society to benefit from the to benefit from the insurance? That is the that is the um, setup. The arrangement is that when you purchase a, a financial benefit, then you become a member of the uh, fraternal benefit society. Like Pr- Prudential and MetLife and the things I've sort of heard about on television, they're not what we're talking about here. They're not fraternal benefit societies. That's correct. They're commercial insurance companies. Do you have an example of something? I'm in Philadelphia. Do you have an example of, a, of something that would qualify as a fraternal benefit society here? You know, there are quite a few fraternals in Pennsylvania. Uh, surprisingly, that's one of the uh, states with larger numbers of fraternals. I cannot, right off the top of my head, think of the names. I'm happy to follow up uh, and give you that information. Okay, well, thank you very much. It's, it's an interesting concept. I don't. I, I, is this something like what the Amish do for each other in Leicester? Well, you know, I, uh, again, fraternal benefit societies are pretty uh, uh, carefully structured to fit the statutory schemes. So it may be that, you know, there are similarities, but not quite the same. There's okay. the there's the so- there's the sense of community like what the Amish would have, but but the Amish, the, I mean, they're basically their own kind of their own civilization. These uh, fraternal benefit societies exist in in open society, and anybody that buys a policy is automatically a member. There's no uh, you know having to having to join this or that. I mean, you you purchase one of their products, even a five thousand dollar life insurance policy, you're entitled to all the benefits of of Woodman whether it's a $5,000 policy or a $5 million policy, um, you are entitled to the same benefits. Thank you so much. Next question, Katie. Renee, please unmute. Yes, thank you. Um, um, I, um, as far as I know, I am still a member of the Eastern Star. And um, uh, that's, a, for those of not familiar with that Masonic organization, that um, that is um, a, a step up after Job's daughters. Anyway, ever since uh, and, and that was in Alabama, but in in, um, in Illinois, there are no of um, Masonic organizations. When I wanted to, and and I did, I did pay into a benefit when I was an Eastern Star. And uh, for the years that I lived in Alabama, and I cannot find one in Illinois. And uh, for a while after I left, um, I was uh, still a member of them and paid my dues. How do I find out if I can find out um, if there is a Masonic organization, I guess, in in Illinois, um, uh, and I've tried Google and things like that. Or if there's an Eastern star at large that 
I can, I guess, I don't want to say renew my membership because I'm still a member, but I mean, repay my dues because I, I um, was moving, lost track of, and they're not located where they were before. Thank you. The Masonic um, uh, organizations, including Eastern Star, are not uh, fraternal benefit societies. Um, it does huh. get confusing. There are different fraternal groups. And so as far as how to connect with them, I really I don't know that I can help you with that. I would I would suggest that you uh, contact the group back in Alabama where you came from and uh, asking for some assistance. That's what I would do. Okay. If you just want to buy like a renter's insurance, I don't have a car. I don't have life insurance. And if I just wanted something simple like that, can I still get that through a, um, something like Woodlands or some other organization such as that? I don't know whether I heard you correctly about life insurance uh, yes, you certainly can. Um, um, fraternal benefits societies sell life insurance of all different types and uh, face amounts, as well as annuities of all different amounts, um, as well as health insurance. Okay, but what about something like renter's insurance? No, that's a property casualty coverage that... Um, we're not um, authorized to issue by the state statutes. Yeah, I think they're only authorized to do life and health. Is that correct? That's correct. I want to thank Lynn again for uh, coming to visit with us today, and I want to thank each of you for joining us. Um, I hope this has been an educational uh, uh, and eye-opening uh, experience for you. I, th I think... Uh, I knew that a lot of people didn't really know what they were. That's one of the reasons why I kind of had the brainchild to have this particular program at our convention this year, since we were in Omaha. So um, I didn't ask you, Lynn, do you know, uh, did you know Marlon Perkins and Jim Fowler from Mutual of Omaha? Did you ever run in their circles? Oh, they're hard to compete with. Yeah. <laughs> they're just up the street. So yeah. Uh, yeah. Yeah, this this is the home of Mutual of Omaha as well. You know, the head Wild Kingdom. That's what that reference was for those of you that don't know what I was talking about. Yeah. Now, now, yeah. Now, Jim is trying to tackle the bear while I'm standing over here by the truck. <laughs> it's like poor Jim. Marlon, Marlon was over by the truck and Jim was getting eaten by bears and lions and tigers. Um, Jim, did you want to... Uh, say one thing before we close. I, I, I did. I, I did. Um, it was really, it, it is really a compliment of the president of the Associ American Association of Visually Impaired Attorneys, who served as a program chair this year. Um, I thought this was an incredibly good presentation. I'm wondering if he gets a referral or a kickback for anybody that he's able to recruit, but he ought to be selling life insurance or annuities besides his law job. Maybe it would be a good night job for him. Um, I, I, I really think that, that we're very fortunate that in very difficult and trying circumstances, 
with the hybrid program, uh, with very light attendance in Omaha. Uh, Chris Prentice did one incredible job. I have already had two people feedback to me about what an incredible presentation Chris Prentice gave himself yesterday. Um, I missed it. Uh, I'm hopeful that I will be able to get the recording. Um, but until then, I will have to wait and hold my bated breath. But Chris, you have stepped up and just done a great job. So thank you. Thank you very much, Jim. And uh, thank, thank you all for being a part of our presentations this year. Um, uh, it has been different to have a hybrid convention and have some here and some not here. And some of the ones that were going to be here uh, had to not come because of COVID and others got here and then had to go stay in the room because, because of COVID or uh, one of our members uh, uh, hurt his ankle and he, he can't get in and out of his room. So, uh, you know, it's, it's been kind of a, a crazy kind of convention, but it's so good to be back in person, even if it's just part of us. And uh, for those of you that like Jim that have joined us uh, uh, via Zoom and ACB Media, thank you all so much for being a part of this. Uh, you know, th those of you on ACB Media, you couldn't uh, you couldn't call in, but you listened and we thank you for that. Um, this will uh, be the last of our presentations at this year's uh, ACB Conference and Convention. Uh, the American Association of Visually Impaired Attorneys, uh, you can contact us. Our website is is www.aavia.net, and our programs uh, that have been recorded uh, on Zoom will be uploaded to our website in the coming weeks. Uh, if those of you that missed our program on Monday, we had a, a wonderful Supreme Court update with a lively discussion that was uh, uh, ramrodded by Professor Bill Pyatt from St. Mary uh, Law School in San Antonio, Texas. Uh, we, we had the two programs yesterday in case you missed those with the uh, we had the two gentlemen that were practicing attorneys, uh, uh, barristers and um, solicitors in the UK. And uh, then we had uh, I filled in since Cynthia became ill. Uh, she's not going to get out of that presentation. She'll have to do it next year in Schomburg. And uh, we will meet with ACB in Schomburg next year. Uh, we hope for uh, anyone and everyone that is interested in being a part of, of Avia that you join us. Um, uh, you can contact me. My email address is cdprentice, P-R-E-N-T-I-C-E, at gmail.com. My telephone number is 806-283-8227. Uh, be happy to talk to you if I'm in court. I will not answer my phone. So uh, if if I'm getting ready for a for a murder trial, I will not answer your call, but I will I will call you in the evening when I'm home. So, uh, but thank you so much for being a part of of our convention, our conference this year, and we look forward to having more of you uh, with us next year in Schaumburg, Illinois. And uh, thank you again, Lynn, for your time today. I know you have a lot to do as general counsel. I've worked in a general counsel's office. I know that there's always fires to put out and thank you so much for being with us here today and uh, being so gracious to give us part of your time and thanks to everyone. And thank you, uh, Katie and Doug for facilitating streaming and, uh, and zoom. 
And uh, with, without you, a lot of people would have missed this. And thank you all very much.